0: It just felt like this. It just felt like it was going to be so hard. And how was I ever going to get past it? And what were people going to think of me? And who was I going to become? And how was I going to make enough money? And how was I going to do it? It was so overwhelming. But when I decided and I did it, um, and it was hard, so hard. And it got worse before I got better. But I am telling you, I feel like I get a second chance at life and i'm so happy and i've worked really hard to kind of be where i am and i tell that person if you get to that point and you know that you can't be your best self in that in that marriage that there is like it is not the end you know and like you are going to have a beautiful wonderful life and like you can get past it and you can, it it may even be even better than you would have ever imagined, but you're stronger than you think.
1: I'm Megan Armstrong. Welcome to Life Six Feet Above. Six Feet Above was created when I started to share my story of spending 16 years wanting to be six feet under to now living a life full and happy six feet above. The more that I started to talk about my journey, my struggles, and my past, the more I realized people were genuinely interested and not judgmental at all, which is what I'd feared for so long. In fact, other people wanted to talk about their story as well, and for some reason they trusted me to do so. So the Six Feet Above podcast is my way of helping to share other people's stories, finding out what works for them to create a life of happiness. Before we start this episode, I want to let you know it has some explicit language and some very serious subject matter. It may be triggering or sensitive to certain people. Please listen with discretion. This is Greer's story. Welcome back to the Six Feet Above podcast. I am joined by a friend, Greer Howard. Welcome.
0: Thank you for having me, You're Megan. You're so
1: welcome. So we got a real rough start to this Friday. Oh my God, you guys, we, we should have gotten it on camera. I we am really quite should. a guest.
0: You know, you just invite me in, hand me a lovely glass of rosé, and I have one sip and crash it on the floor. Listen,
1: you will forever be remembered in this studio. Your, You have made your... your Imprint, you are here for good. Oh my gosh, that was hysterical. We well, first of all, we were dealing with like that, the outside noises, and those are gone, which is a good thing. And then I've got these little tables set up, and um it's my fault because the microphone is so heavy that it just weighted it down. And we had a rose rose down.
0: We did. We had some rose down, but you know what? It's not gonna get us down, and we're okay. I full take full responsibility. My reflexes weren't quite fast enough. Listen, it's
1: Friday, so. So cheers to Friday. Welcome to episode 28. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, We're going to get into this, but Greer's been all over as a host, as you know, on air. Have you ever been on a podcast?
0: I have. Okay. I have been on a podcast. Okay. So
1: this is not your first one
0: not my first podcast. Is this your
1: first one, like, talking more about, like, personal stuff, though? Uh,
0: yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're
1: going to kind of dive in. Um, unlike my other guests, I actually did not meet Greer in the fitness industry, believe it or not. We met through a future mutual friend probably, like, three mm-hmm. three years ago or so. Yeah. And, um, you know, just – I always feel like meeting meeting women – is harder as you get older. But meeting women that you know that you're gonna be friends with happens a lot faster.
0: Does that make sense? It does. It does. I think we have this intuition as we get older where we just know, okay, our lives are going to connect. Yes. And some of it sometimes I don't even think has to do with because you you really like them or don't like them, but a the lot of it is because you just get so busy yeah. that you're like, ooh, our 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 lives are going to align. Right. And you're like, sweet. All right, let's go. Right,
1: right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Greer and I, we spent um New Year's Eve together at a friend's house and she's the reason I have this new job, really. <laughs> she's like, why don't you work at lifetime? And I'm like, I actually haven't thought about that in years. So thank you for that.
0: You're welcome. You're uh, welcome. We've been
1: taking classes together. So it's been a lot of fun and getting to know you. Um, a little bit better, has been really rewarding. And I'm excited to share your story because you're the the first single mom I've had. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that goes into it. And in fact, um, I didn't tell you this before I came because I wanted to get your take on it very organically. But I thought this was going to be a stupid or naive question. So I asked our mutual friend who's also a single mom, are you considered a single mom if the dad is still in the picture? And she said, that's a really good question. Like, I've never thought of it that way because, to me, I always think single mom when it's just the mom and that's the only one providing and the dad's God knows where or whatever. And, and she made the point that, no, you guys are single moms. So would
0: you agree with that? Okay. I love our mutual friend. I um, <laughs> it's, it's tricky. Yeah. I would say sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. There's something in me anytime that someone calls me a single mom and it hits me in my gut and mm-hmm. I go... But are you? Okay. And the reason I say that is because in my particular situation, and let me just say everyone's situation is very, very different. But in my situation, the dad is still very involved. And we have 50-50 custody. So I am not completely on my own because he does have a lot of time with his dad. Right. But I will say when my son is with me during my time, I do feel like a single mom, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when he's with his dad, I, you know, you know, you have a partner in that sense, but you know, you're really just co-parenting. Yeah. But when, when I have my son on my own, I do feel like a single mom. I don't have family that lives here. So, I do feel like it's me right. on my own kind of uh, kind of doing it so but I I don't ever want to say that like the dad's not involved because he is right. so it's not the sense of I do think there are some single mothers that there are there's no father involved right. at right. all and you know that's just that in all reality is a different situation than yeah. I'm living you know you know on a weekly basis right 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 so where are you from originally? So I grew up in Orlando, Florida. Okay, I'm like a fourth generation Floridian. Like (laughs) everybody's from Florida, and um, my parents still live there. And when I went off to college, I left, and I never went back to live. I mean, I go back to visit. And I think now I've actually surpassed living away from Orlando longer than I was there, which is crazy. Yeah, does
1: that make you? Like, let's say you live, you grew up in Orlando for 20 years, and then all of a sudden you live in Atlanta for 21 years. Are you now, are you now, like, where's home for you? Like, I, I always think home is home no matter how
0: long you are
1: there or somewhere new. That's just me, though.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because, so home was definitely Orlando. Then I went off to college at, at Clemson. That was not home. That felt like college. Right, right. After college, I moved to Atlanta. When I did marry, because I was married to um, my ex, when we were together, we moved a lot. Okay. And we were in different places. They never felt like home. Mm. Atlanta, to me ended up feeling like home. And now it is definitely home. And even though I grew up in Orlando, I feel like Atlanta is where I'm going to be for the long haul. And I've really settled into that. And I'm, I'm proud of that. And I love that. And I'm happy with that. But it is interesting because I have moved to other places and felt that it wasn't home. Okay.
1: Okay. So I like to backtrack. I like to, you know, kind of Dive into someone's story, and then and then go back to like how they grew up. So you grew up in Orlando. Parents were married growing up, still married now. My parents, yes, they okay. are still
0: married, I'm happily married, which is just mind Unreal, blowing, right? Um, yes, <laughs> mine I, too. I'm not, I'm like the old hands still. I'm like treat. that's weird, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I actually think it, it. In some ways, it was wonderful because I had this example, but in other ways, I almost think I was jaded because yeah. I just thought. Oh, well, it's, you know, it's that that's how it was going right. to be. Right. And so it's, it wasn't my experience, mm-hmm. but my parents mm-hmm. for sure, yes. Mm-hmm. Parents worked growing up? Yeah. So my dad owns a family owned business. Okay. I'm so proud of him. He, so it's been in our family for over a hundred years. It's called Howard wholesale. Okay. It started in 1912. Wow. My great grandfather started it. My grandfather ran it. My dad worked for my grandfather. My grandfather worked until, I mean, almost until he passed away right. in his nineties. Right. And my dad is 69 now. Okay. And still uh, runs the business, which is crazy. Wow. Um, And so it's a wholesale business. It's done very well. We're so proud of him and all that he's been able to do. And then my mom, when we were young, she didn't work. But then she went to work when I went to kindergarten because Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest of two. I have a brother. And she sold real estate. And she sold real estate for 25 years. And my mom is such a boss. I mean, she... (laughs) Was so, I'm always just in awe of her because she's, she, she's always been a feminist. She's always been a very strong woman. Um, she was my biggest encourager and she never once like did any marketing and she was not like a salesy, a real estate agent who was trying to sell you anything, She never once like paid any money for advertising, but people loved to work with her because she loved people and she loved to find them homes. And so I watched her, you know, have a great career and she did all the fun stuff, you know, like she would pay for like a, you know, a shopping spree or like a, little camp we'd go to or, you know, different things. And she had this fabulous wardrobe that I always like looked up to. I thought she always looked so beautiful. And my dad just always was really cool about it. He was cool about that. She worked and there'd be times on weekends or at nights where she'd have to show house and, um, he never complained. And truthfully, I never, I always remember my mom being at everything. So, um, you know, she was a working mom, but you know, she was there for my brother and I too. Right. So how, how much older is your brother? 21 months. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> I was a surprise. Um, were you? Yeah. I don't think they were planning on me, but we were almost two years in age and one year in school, which I think is a little close. Yeah. Truthfully. It was yeah. a tough. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's like Irish twins at most. Yes. Right? Right. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. So a pretty, you know, quote, I use this air quotes all the time, but pretty normal upbringing, nothing yes. catastrophic. Parents are married, you know decent income for the family you guys were able to do everything that you wanted to do you know not over the top but you you
0: did and and played
1: sports or
0: yes okay I played sports all growing up um as a kid so I I, having a brother I wanted to do everything my brother did and so he played sports I wanted to play sports I played on an all-boys basketball team when I was young um I was the only girl I remember playing. I wanted, I told my mom I wanted to play baseball and softball. I told her about yeah. a league that was nearby that I wanted to play in. And I was a cheerleader. I think it was when I was five. And I did that. And then after my mom said, well, do you want to do it again? I said, no. <laughs> I said, I want people to cheer for me. I don't get it. Yeah. So I was a very funny little kid in that way. And That's so awesome. then I wanted to play sports. And so I did. I um, I ran. I ran cross country. I played basketball and I played softball um, pretty much all through um, high school. And okay. then um, I didn't in college or anything. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So, how know.
1: did you end up at Clemson? What What was the yeah. draw there?
0: That was so it's random. I, I know Coming it's from so Orlando, random, right? right? Um, so, I had gone to summer camp every summer in North Carolina and, uh, and I loved it. I'd go for like a month and just was always a really independent kid. So, I, I loved going. And a couple of my counselors went to Clemson. So, and I loved the Carolinas. I loved uh-huh. hiking. I loved the mountains. And I just had, it was, I was in such awe of it. Yeah. And I think I just, from a young age knew that I wanted, I loved Florida, but I wanted to be out of Florida. My, my family kind of it was one of those families that just knew a lot of people. And I felt like everywhere I went, it was already kind of decided, like, we know all these people. And, right. um, and I kind of just wanted to like make my own way, I think. And, so Clemson came up, but actually, it's so funny. So following in the footsteps again of my brother, he actually went to Clemson. Oh, okay. And then he kind of made that decision. There was a few kids in the neighborhood that had, like, gone to Clemson kind of randomly, and he went. And then I remember being kind of, like, mad, like, oh, he's going to Clemson. But at the end of the day, when I went to go visit him, you know, in college, he was, you know, when he was in freshman, it just felt like – if I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to a big school and I'm going to be away it felt like you know what it'd be really nice to be here with my brother so I ended up going to Clemson
1: was he receptive of that because I would imagine some brothers are like do not go yes. to school where I'm going to school. No,
0: he really was. If he was mad about me going, he never said he never it. Said it? Yeah, he yeah. never said it. Mm-mm. I didn't know that you had an
1: older brother. Yeah. Cool. Where's he now? He lives in New York. Oh, yeah. Like in the city? Or? He has
0: for many years. He's married, has two kids, and when his oldest, um, who's now seven, and then first grade, when he went to kindergarten, they moved right outside um, in a town called Bronxville. So yeah. I live in Bronxville yeah. now.
1: Okay. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Go New York.
0: So you you go to Clemson and um, what was your degree in? So my degree was in communication and journalism. Okay. I knew from the start I wanted to be in TV. Mm-hmm. I had told my parents actually in high school that I wanted to be in TV, and they were like, "Go play sports." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." And so when I went to college, my, my first week, I was like, "Okay." Uh, I wanted to know what the least amount of math and science, and then also I walked myself into the TV station and was like, "Hey, what can I do?" Yeah. And so I just started. um, I worked as like a DJ. I created a TV show at Clemson that played on our little like Clemson, you know, network for the university. And started getting internships and all of that. I was very I was very focused on that. Actually, a lot of times I would be editing something in the editing suite yeah. until like two, 2 in the morning oh when my God, friends were out like drinking beer. It was crazy. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I did that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that too. And those editing days were so like they were like teeny. You felt like you were in like a little coffin. Yeah, They're crazy. so small. So you go to Clemson and did you meet your ex there?
0: no I didn't I had okay. a I had a boyfriend in um, college that none of my friends liked and it's it's weird there's <laughs> he's actually the one where I look back and I'm like I don't get it what? <laughs> what that was so bizarre um most other ones I'm like oh yeah they make sense yeah um but yeah he was he was a wild card and I don't know why but I dated him all through college truthfully until the very end really um yeah and then so I moved to Atlanta and I thought okay I'm going to date and so I did so for a couple years I just dated, I don't know, anybody who would date me, I guess, um, no, nobody serious, right. but just went on a ton of dates yeah. and hung, had a lot of friends yeah. and, what, you know, how, just, how come Atlanta? So I had gotten, um, every summer during college, I had an internship and the summer before my senior year, I had an internship at CNN headline news and their yeah. entertainment. Okay. And so when I was looking for a job after school, um, I, you know, reached out to all my, People I had interned with, and there was an opening to be a a production coordinator Mm -hmm. at Turner Studios from someone that I had known from Turner when I'd worked there. And so it was a, it was a basically a full-time freelance position um and so I and I wanted I knew I wanted to be in TV and I knew that I was either gonna have to move to a small market to be Mm -hmm. in the news somewhere or I thought okay cool I could move to Atlanta and work for Turner's I think I'm gonna do that and then work on my on-camera stuff on the side and so that's what I did so I moved to Atlanta for that job and I moved with two of my girlfriends and we you know got an apartment and like hung out and and worked and that was it. That it's was that.
1: so nice to be able to move from college to a new city with like your college friends. It was so much fun. That's what it I was hilarious. From... Can I tell you a funny story? Yes, this is so funny. So
0: let's remember, this was quite a few years ago, <laughs> and we were not as cultured, and we had come from Clemson, South Carolina, yeah. and Clemson was very conservative, and um, we showed up to our little apartment, and we thought, oh, this is so great. We, okay, so for those of y'all that know Atlanta, it was off of Cheshire Bridge. Mm-hmm. And oh um Oh boy. Oh yeah. And we had no idea what Cheshire Bridges. We were right. like, it's by Lenox Mall. Uh, you know? And, which is even worse now. And so we um we literally opened uh, we were like oh let's go to this apartment it's right by the the pool and we had not seen like we had not seen city life we had not seen a lot of things mm-hmm. and i remember the first day of summer we opened it up and we realized that we lived in an apartment <laughs> complex with all gay guys and they were all at the pool like in their like speedos and stuff and we were it was kind of like oh my goodness but it ended up they were like ended up being Our friends, they were the best neighbors. And, like, we just hadn't, I mean, truthfully had been so sheltered at Clemson that, like, we just didn't have any gay friends, you know? And you move to Atlanta and then you meet, you get to meet some and you're like, wow, you guys are super cool. And they were the best neighbors, so clean, looked out for us. And it was amazing, but it was, it was just funny as you know, really young, right out of college, super, naive, super sheltered yeah, and naive. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, it, was, yeah.
1: it was pretty funny. I remember that. We moved to Boston after college and I was like, oh, oh, there's a lot more to the world. <laughs> and then I lived in Boston for a year and then I moved to LA and I was like, Whoa, this is a whole right. new universe. Whoa. Like, whoa. There's like all sorts of things going on here. Um so you end up in Atlanta. How long ago was that? So that was like Okay, 10 so I moved to Atlanta
0: ago? in two thousand and three.
1: Oh, more than that.
0: Yeah. i oh, oh, wow. No, no, no. You're not old. I'm I think so... I'm
1: older than you, but we're about the same age. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. Listen, Here, age, or there. age really uh, honestly doesn't matter. I know. This is what I've decided because people die at all different ages of their life, so it's really all relative. It's so true. It's about how much time Ooh. you have on this earth. It's not about how old you yeah, are. Yeah, and what you do with it. Right. So you are working at CNN, you've got the internship, you're doing all this freelance work, and you're dating left and right. This is like back in the day when Atlanta had some eligible guys. Right.
0: This is way before there was like 10 times the women to every man. Oh my my gosh. Anyone's on the dating app right now? I'm I'm about
1: ready to move to Denver. (laughs) Seriously, I'm about ready to give up. But um, how did you meet your ex? Let's just kind of dive into it because this is... This is kind of where everything really happens in your life.
0: Sure. So um, we had, our, honestly, I mean, a really great story of meeting, truthfully. We both were uh, volunteering with at our church with high school kids, and um, we had gone on a retreat, and I thought he was really cute. He is. He's a very handsome yeah. guy. And um, and kind of thought, okay, well, you know, we have some of the same, you know, beliefs, or whatever, and we played a basketball game. Uh-huh. And uh, truthfully, I was better at basketball than he was, and uh, I guess I caught his eye, and so we we got to know each other there. And I was I wanted to date him right away, yeah. truthfully. And it was about six months before we like really started dating. Okay. And we dated for six months while we both lived in Atlanta, and then he um, was in the military, mm. and so he left after six months, and then we did a year and a half apart. Really. Yes, and but after that we got engaged, so okay. we never ended up. You know, I think that first six months everything's just so like yeah. woo, yeah, um, wonderful. And then I think you know the distance was hard, yeah. And but we stuck it out. He was in Columbus, Mississippi at the time, and but that's that's where we where so we started. So were
1: you, is that like a flight or a drive? I'm, I'm really I would bad drive. Geography. Yeah,
0: I would drive. It was like, I don't remember exactly. I, I blocked out a lot, truthfully. I feel like it was maybe four or five hours. And was those, so you kind of dated for two years then? hmm Pretty much adds up to
1: two years. Were those two years pretty good? Like, did you feel like he supported your dreams and, and you guys had the talks about having a family did you did all of that kind of happen before you got married so here's the
0: thing i think i was i was laser focused on i thought that he was a great guy and he is a great guy um and i think i i wanted to date him Mm -hmm. and because he was in the military he was going through um pilot training and he was a fighter pilot and so there was it was a very very rigorous training and I think, truthfully, I made the excuses for a very long time of, okay, well, this is his – and I, I really admired about him that he was driven and that he had a goal because I'm driven and I have goals and I thought it was really cool. I really yeah. respected that. So I I thought, okay, I'm going to support this for you know, what it is. Um, and then it'll be my turn. Yeah. And truthfully, he was just always, it was very busy and, um, overwhelming and there wasn't really a lot of time truthfully, um, for him to dig into my hopes and my dreams and my goals. Um, and so I think I just sort of had, I just glazed over it and I thought, Oh, well, it'll be my turn. I just assumed because I came from a family where it went back and forth. Right. And I just figured he'd have his time and I'd have my time. And once the, all the craziness was over that it would get better. Right. right. Um, and so I was naive for sure, you know, in that, in that sense. Looking
1: back, do you think that was kind of like a red flag to, to just kind of who he is and, and maybe not being supported in the way that you should have been before you got married?
0: Uh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, my roommate at the time, who I was very close with, had a lot of concerns about us dating. But here's the thing. I was stubborn. Right. And nobody was going to tell me. Of that I wasn't going to date him. Sure. I had found a great guy. Yeah. And so I had just decided. And I wasn't open to what, you know, the person who was really close to me, my roommate, and her saying, these are red flags. Like, I don't, I don't feel like this is a, this is the way it should go. Yeah. And me just making excuses. Yeah. Um, and I think for the right person, truthfully, I don't, I don't blame him at all because you, to do what he had to do, you really do have to, to focus on a certain level and other people in your life do have to kind of go to the side. Right. I just don't think that maybe I was the right, you know, the, the right fit. And what, what happened was when we got, when we got married, you know, we got married, and then I immediately moved to Columbus, Mississippi. Okay, and I left my family. Mm-hmm. I left all of my friends. I left my career at the time. I was, I my career had been going really, really well. I mean, I I was on camera. I had been working for a softball show on Fox Sports Net for three years, traveling the country, going to Major League Baseball stadiums. Um, I had been recruited by William Morris Agency out in L.A to be one of their hosts they at the time um, ryan seacrest was on their roster Mm -hmm. and all of these just really um, high level people that i looked up to and i could see my track and at the time there weren't quite as many women as there are now in sports and you know we're still kind of working towards all that And i wanted to do sports entertainment and that that door was sort of starting to open and they were like hey we can we can do this for you and i remember we were dating and it was like hey, if you, if you will let us move you anywhere in the country, you, we can get you on the fast track. Like you're, you're doing it. And I remember going to him and he was like, well, you can do it, but we probably won't make it Mm -hmm. because he had to focus on the things he was doing. And I, I, at the time, I think, you know, I think you kind of get to an age where you think, okay, I'm supposed to get married. I'm supposed to do these things. Okay. And this is a great guy. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And, um, and love conquers all sure. and love doesn't, I don't know why people say that. Um, <laughs> it's a very weird thing to say. Um, and so I gave it up yeah. and I kept thinking because I'd have other opportunities in the past that would come along and then, you know, things work out, things don't work out. And I thought, well, something else will come. So I ended up getting married to, to him and moved to Mississippi and we lived in a house that was someone else's. Mm-hmm. That all of their stuff was there. We didn't. We slept, I think, in their guest room. They were. I think he was off on a deployment, and she was a nurse, so she had gone home okay. or something. We took care of their two dogs. Oh, wow. And I, I had no job. I had no friends. Um, I was so lonely, and I didn't know what to do with myself because I had come from this space of working all the time and friends and and that was the beginning so we were in Mississippi and then we proceeded to move 10 times in two and a half years 10 times and every time I would think I would be about to get my bearings on where we were um something would change and we would have something else and every time I just Felt lonelier, mm-hmm. and and granted, it's not his fault, but like his training was very intense, and right. so, you know, I would come, I would, he would come home, and I hadn't been talking to anyone all day, and so I would want right. to, I would make dinner. That was my big event, you know, I yeah. dinner, and we would talk, you know, and, and this isn't me. Like I'm a, I'm a, I mean, if anyone knows me now, like oh my gosh, I'm doing all kinds of things right. during the day. I mean, I make dinner, but you know, that's just a thing, you know, it's not like <laughs> the event, um, and. And I would want to talk and he would he would look at the clock and and be like, I gotta go study. And and he eventually told me, he said, Um, can you save your questions for Saturday? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And it was like, just just ask, don't ask me questions during just ask me on Saturday. And I was like, Oh. You know, and and you know, something you want to ask on Monday that's like silly, you don't want to ask on Saturday because it's gone, you know, and right. it's moved on, and um, and then you feel like you have this list of questions on like Saturday. You don't want to have an appointment to talk to your husband right. either, right? Yeah. Like, and so, and and granted, I think it's it's what kind of some of that military training sure. kind of does sure. to you to yeah. you, and um, but I was just sort of left like alone, and um, it was just really hard yeah it was really really hard and i had i really struggled um and then after the two and a half years and then he he had gone through a lot of things he um passed out in an airplane and a single seat fighter jet he almost almost died um Jeez. and came in and then was went away for the weekend you know on some guy thing they were doing and i got valley fever when i when we lived in arizona i got really sick i was hospitalized i had to drive myself i mean i should have called an ambulance um to the hospital i was hospitalized i was sick for probably 6 months after just trying to recover my immune system had been rocked <sighs> um and so my whole life had just i didn't know who i was right. anymore i didn't know what i was doing i didn't have any i didn't feel like i had any worth i felt like i was this shell of a human
1: Truthfully. But you had the husband because that's what society
0: tells husband. us that we should have the list. I had the yeah. husband. Um, and so after two and a half years and it was just a struggle back and forth and there was a couple of times where we had to move back and like live with his parents and that's a whole nother thing. Mm. And, um, and I remember the day that he told me, and the original plan when we got married was like it was three years um we were gonna kind of be away but only like two or three places and then we'd move back to atlanta and atlanta was gonna be our home and at the two and a half year mark um you know he said to me he said um okay well i i took i took a full-time job in missouri and and i call it nowhere missouri um it was like an hour and a half outside of kansas city And we were driving, I think cross country at this point, because we were, knew we were having to go somewhere. And I had the biggest breakdown Mm. I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, sobbing. I mean, I had a complete meltdown. Just sobbing. It was like my death sentence. And I hadn't even been... I wasn't even considered in the conversation, you know. Truthfully, and I'm not saying that's his fault. It's just that was what was happening. Is we were going to what I call nowhere, Missouri, and I just said, "Oh my, oh my God, I can't, I cannot live there." And I remember thinking at that moment, I thought we aren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. I was like, "We are not going to make it. I cannot. I will. I will. I cannot make it." And with him. And, but then I thought, Psh, you do not get divorced. Right. You don't get divorced. Right. People you don't get divorced, Greer. You, you made a commitment. You don't get divorced. So, you know, to his credit, um, and I'll, I'll give it to him. Um, when I had this breakdown, he was like, whoa, okay. She is not well. Mm-hmm. This is, and I think he realized, okay. This is for real this is for real and this this is not going well and i'm going to missouri because this is what i have to do and she is not going to do well in missouri and so i will give it to him and um he said all right we'll move you back to atlanta so we bought a house in atlanta okay so that we could try to establish roots back in atlanta um I had told him that I had not had the intention of walking away from my career forever. And he said, okay, fine. We'll go back to Atlanta. You can be around your friends. You can try to work on your career. And I will move to Missouri. Really? Yes. And stay married? And stay married. That was his solution?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he okay. wasn't going to get
0: divorced either. So okay. we was like, we're not getting divorced. All right. So that is and what we And you've got to be what, late 20s at this point? Okay, yeah. Because I'd have to look trying to remember. I was, I wasn't like, or I was probably mid, I was like mid twenties when we got married mid to maybe 26 ish, okay. you know? Okay. So I was, yeah, I was like twenties. Yeah. yeah. I was like late twenties. I wasn't, you know, okay. young, we weren't like super young. And, um, and I really think that that is where it kind of started to take the turn a little bit. Um, so I did start to work again and I started to kind of gain some things back. But we weren't seeing each other. And I remember, you know, we would talk, but mm-hmm. he was very tired. Um, he didn't have a great living situation. Um, and, you know, he lived with a roommate, you know. And in, so Missouri. I, in Missouri. In okay. Missouri. I didn't really want to go up there much, you know, truthfully. Yeah. It was kind of dirty and, yeah. you know, it was a spare room. And there there's nothing to do during well, the day. Six-year-old boys aren't great. Yeah, really, it was so. just kind of gross. Yeah. And um, so we would see each other probably every two weeks. Yeah. Um, and again, I'll give it to him. He did most of the traveling. Like he would drive an hour and a half to the airport. He would fly in, you know, he'd stay for 24 hours and then he'd fly home. But, you know, you were only seeing each other every right. two weeks. And right. I remember, I can remember the pattern of feeling like I was really happy during the week. And then I remember feeling, um, it was heavy, mm-hmm. like when I knew he was coming in and I wasn't allowed. So at that point he didn't want me like, when I would pick him up at the airport, there were certain things that were, like, important to him. Like, I would answer the phone too, too cheery. So I had to, like, put his name with a sad face so I could see when he would call me to lower my mood. To really? not be mm-hmm, to not be too happy and not be too excited to talk to him. And then on Fridays, one of the things was I wasn't allowed – I needed to not ask him questions. I needed to let him breathe. Like, when I got in the car, not to be too excited, not to – um not, not to like ask, yeah, ask too many questions. So again, it was save your questions for Saturday. It was like, when I come in on Fridays, don't, don't be too much. And and that was a lot of it during, you know, the military was like, don't wear, don't wear too much makeup, don't wear heels, don't you, don't be too pretty. And don't, you know, like, and it was like, what? Okay. Um, Don't be yourself. Yeah, Yeah. and I would be too loud or I'd talk too close to somebody, and I am a close talker, so I'm sorry. (laughs) That does happen. Um, Not on purpose, but I do. Um, It's just because I love people. Um, But COVID has, you know, helped me with that. Um, And so that was sort of how it went. And then I remember I got pregnant. Okay. And so this had been going on for a little bit, and we had not been... Did you just feel like it was a chore? Like him coming
1: into town, it was just like... Again, you're kind of like checking the boxes because you have to not, not like you just have to see your husband, like that's what you have to do. Or did you still have that sense of like, this can still work, right?
0: I thought for a while, I mean, I think if I thought it was a chore, I didn't say that. But I just remember that feeling of like, he would come home and I would start to feel very stressed. Mm. I would just be like, okay, focus for the 24 hours and like, let's. Be on point and then he would leave and i'd be relieved
1: yeah and it just
0: felt easier um and then when i got pregnant i remember getting pregnant and thinking oh okay well i guess we have to stay married i guess we're staying Mm -hmm. married and it was weird to think that um but i did and so i thought okay and so when i was pregnant because i work on camera again i wasn't i went back to like as i had started to build my career back I wasn't working again. And it was like, oh man, you know, I
1: Right, you were just, just getting, like getting yeah. back in my groove yeah. and
0: now I'm pregnant and you know, but okay, so I'm pregnant. So while I'm pregnant, we um we found out that he was going to be deployed about 4 months after our son was going to be born. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, And so we knew that it was coming, and so when Harrison, basically when Harrison was born, um, his, his, you know, and, and that was a really stressful time. It was a bad time with my family, Um, like, I remember my mom came, and, you know, mom's dream of, like, that week that they're with Mm -hmm. you and their baby, and my mom left. I mean, she left, because. When you were born? Yes, because it was, it didn't go well with me and my ex and my Mm -hmm. mom, and. The dynamic wasn't working, and my mom just was like, Deuces, I'm out of here. Really? Like, I am not going to be in this environment. Interesting. And, um, and it makes me so sad. I've, yeah. mom, if you walk, listen to this, I'm apologizing again. Um, because it just, it was like some of these moments that just were really sad. Well, and you can't get them back, right? That's, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so then when he left to deploy, um, he was gone. He came back right before our son turned one. And that year was a game changer for me. For
1: almost a whole year, you really that were a single, single mom. mom. Right. I was just going to come back to that. Yeah. To that, yeah. Wow. Um, like, I want to go back one step. Okay. Did you ever tell your ex or tell your family those years that you were moving around, how lonely and how much you were struggling. Did you ever vocalize it?
0: I think that they knew. Did they? Um, But no, I don't think I vocalized it like I should have. And I think that I was putting the pressure on myself of like, well, I'm supposed to be a really good wife. right? And I'm supposed to, and there were certain things that were important to my ex that, Kind of, I struggled with, and I don't know if anyone listening ever struggles with this, but it was like I had these loyalties to my friends and my family, and then all of a sudden when I was married to someone, it felt like all my loyalties had to be to that person. right? And then I was kind of not the way that I should be to some of my friends and family who had been there for me Mm -hmm. for a really long time, because I thought I was supposed to be, I hate to use the word submit, but like I was supposed to be like this certain level of wife. And because I'm the wife, Mm -hmm. then I have to kind of get in line with what is expected in our, in our home. And it just, that's one of the biggest things that I regret is it's like, I, I will never be with someone again that is going to question the way that I want to treat my family or my friends. I can remember the first wedding that a friend of mine from college, I had just gotten married and we didn't have a lot of money, but I had gone to every one of my friend's weddings, Mm -hmm. everybody's. Mm -hmm. And she was one of my roommates in college. And I remember that you know, it wasn't in our budget to go to the wedding and he didn't know her, you know, and he didn't know all the things that we had been through together mm-hmm. as friends. And he just said, no, mm-hmm. that, you know, I wouldn't, you know, that I wasn't, we, I wasn't going to go to that wedding and because we didn't have the money. And I remember telling her and our friendship was never the same. Yeah, To yeah. this day, it's never, it not been the same.
1: I asked that question because I know there are going to be people listening that are in that situation right now That don't vocalize how they're feeling. And it doesn't mean it will change. It doesn't mean that if you had said how you're feeling, you may still be married. No, I'm not saying that. But I do think there's something about vocalizing how you feel and how somebody else's actions affect you can actually help the situation. Just like he said, hey, you can only ask me questions on Saturdays. That's what he needed. But you never kind of vocalized what you needed. Because you have to be the wife. You have to do this, this, and this. And I just think there's so many females that are going to be listening right now. And we want to empower them and be like, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to, and not only stand up for yourself, but just let people know how you're feeling and ask for help.
0: Yeah. So I was a peacemaker. Yeah. I've always been a peacemaker. Yeah. And and even though my in my family, even though everyone like, it was a good family life. Like my brother was always pushing the buttons and he Mm -hmm. was always in trouble with my parents. Mm -hmm. So I got in the habit of like just stuffing a lot of my things down because it was like, well, I could handle it. Right. You know, and what I learned from my counselor when I was going through a lot of counseling through my divorce is the problem with that is like I would stuff it and everything would be good and I would stuff it and it would be good and I would stuff it and then I would be good. And then I was like a, just like a pot of boiling water Mm -hmm. and then I would just explode. Yep. And so I got to the point with my ex, which, you know, I apologize for. And I know that this was a big like miss on my part, but I took so many things and just thought, okay, I can handle it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can handle it. And then I would just unload yeah. and I would be so mad at him and I would be so upset and he's like, whoa, yeah. you know, because I hadn't told him the little things along the way. Right. And then I would just like lose my mind. Right. And I don't do that. I mean, like people that know me know that I don't do that. I'm not that way. Yeah, you're level headed and. But I did do that. Right. I did do that. With him and he would he would say differently you right. know that no she can lose, lose her mind you right. know, on somebody right because um, for you it's you think about this stuff all the time
1: but for him he's hearing the stuff for the first time when you explode exactly. so it's this whole like difference of kind of opinion if you will because it's brand new for him but it's been going on in your head for months years whatever
0: oh yeah so, and I mean, think about it. I had nothing else to think about, right? And he he didn't have time to think about
1: right. it, so it right? So it's not
0: really. It's. I'm, and again, I'm not trying to blame him. It's like I ha- I had a lot of things at fault too, um, but that was just part of it. You right. know, he didn't have time, and that's all that consumed me.
1: And I think, like, I think, you know, granted, I've never been married. I don't have kids, so this is just an outsider looking in. But I think we spend society we spend a lot of time trying to place blame on the mother, on the father, on the whatever. And it really just comes down to circumstances that don't work out and things are better off a different way. And at the end of the day, you have to live your life the way that is going to make you happy, the way that you're going to pass it on to the next generation. And if that's not in a a relationship, if that's not in a job, if that's not in whatever it is, you have to figure out how to get out of it somehow because life's too freaking short to live it anyway. But pursuing happiness, and that's not to say you're you're going to struggle days now that you're divorced. But people that stay in the marriage just for the sake of staying in the marriage, they don't think that they either have enough power to get out of it. They don't think that they have um, enough strength to get out of it. Finances, I'm sure, are such a huge deal. So you you have Harrison that first year is like your determining factor, like this is it, right? I'm I'm done. What, was there like an actual moment or was it just that year of kind of being a single mom that you were like, this is it?
0: Yeah, so basically his dad deployed and a week later, um, I actually started my job with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. And it was, I was a machine that year, truthfully, um, in the sense that, you know, I worked really, really hard. That job was important to me. Yeah. And my son was also very important to me. So I was playing the single mom, right. you know, doing all of the things. And then I had I had some family help. So they would help me when I would go to work and babysitters and all that. And then the moment I came back in from work, I was back in mom mode. Yeah. And I really got in the groove of doing that. And I hadn't been working that consistently in a really long time. I mean, pro- probably since before I had been married because yeah. we had been moving so much. And then even that year that I was kind of getting it back, I was starting to get some clients, but it wasn't the same, it wasn't right. the same. Right. And I started to realize again, like, yes, this feels good. Okay, yeah. I want to work. I, I also loved being a mother. Like I, I love being a mom, um, but I got in this groove And I realized when he was gone that, and I feel, I feel so badly saying it, but like it was just, life was just a little easier. It was just my, he was a, he's a nice, he's a good person, but I wouldn't say he's easy. And we had, it was just difficult. And I felt like I was walking on eggshells a lot. I felt like it needed to be, certain things needed to be his way and, I was tired and Mm -hmm. it felt really nice to just be in that groove and when he he came back right before Harrison's first birthday obviously he struggled he'd been at war he had seen a lot of things he had done a lot of things that he had to do that were probably hard to do um and he struggled and i i needed him to come home and relieve me Mm -hmm. and help me and support me and be my partner and he needed time to heal and he needed time to relax and he he didn't have that in him and he needed me to be sensitive and sweet and gentle and I had become like I said a machine over that year and I just wasn't gentle and I wasn't it just I didn't have time to be that while he was gone and so we just weren't unable to connect um, on some of that level, unfortunately. And he had a hard time finding a job, getting his footing, mm-hmm. figuring out what he was doing. I continued to work, and um, he would dig into projects at the house or the yard, and and just kind of. So get he never himself. went back to Missouri. He came to Atlanta. He came back okay. to Atlanta. Okay. okay. And the whole but with the intention of finding another job. And so one day, and we struggled, and he knows we struggled, we struggled. And um, it was about eight months later, and he came to me, and he said that um, he was going to shift bases. He was going to shift from the Missouri base, and he had found a base in Florida that he wanted to be a part of, and that he wanted to go back to school, and he wanted to go in Philly, and that he had found an internship in New York City, and that he wanted to do that. And I just looked at all of those things and I thought this is so complicated. Mm-hmm. None of these are in Atlanta. None of these things make it easy on us and none of them include me. Yeah. And um at that point I just was I was done. Yeah. And I realized that over that year I think of when he was gone that I just I just got to a point where And I think having a child changes it because I was like, I want my child to know me Mm -hmm. and I can't be me if I'm married to his dad. And so his dad needs to live his life and find another woman that is going to be a better fit for him. Mm -hmm. And I need to live my life and be the woman that I want to be for my son. And I hope I find another man, but I don't know. And, no, and I don't want anybody to take away what I know I have to be for my son. And I, there is no way I could have been or I could have accomplished and done the things that I've done yeah. if I had been married to him. And he said to me, and I'll quote, he said that he thought when we got married that my dreams would go away mm. and, you know, that my dreams would be his dreams. and. My dreams weren't his dreams, and I was happy to support his dreams, but I also wanted somebody to support mine and to also feel like that I could accomplish things and that I had more value than just what I could provide at home and and as a support. And I'm a wonderful support. Like, I have friends that, you know, would tell you, like, Greer is a very supportive friend, you know, but I also am out doing my own things. So I have to have someone that can – I'd love to support – Someone, but I also need somebody to support me. I want a partner. Hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think, I think it's also okay, like for the women out there that are like, I want my dreams to be my, you know, husband's dreams. Like those are my dreams. That's fine if that's you. But like, oh yeah, of course, we are very similar, and like, you know, we could be alone forever and be totally fine Mm -hmm. because we have our own goals and we have our own priorities and we have our own. You know, thing going on. And at the end of the day, you have to have someone that's compatible with that. And I think a lot of men aren't. A lot of men were raised to have the wife, to have what you were initially signing up for, what you thought it was going to be. And you're like, wait a second, that's not really who I am. And I need to show up the best career that I can be to be a good, you know, to be a good mom and to be a good um, role model for the next generation of men. And it's so important because there are a lot of women in your position that will stay married and they're just going to go through life numb. They're just going to go through it. And that's sad. And that really, really sucks. But at the end of the day, it's your life, whether you're married or not, and you have to take responsibility for it. And you have to say, okay, I don't want to live this way anymore and you have to make the change, but ultimately it's on you. And I just, I hope that as we get further along in these generations, that women can feel like they don't have to have a man to be successful or happy or fulfilled or full or whatever. But the old school, the old way of thinking is that you do and that a woman's dreams are the man's dreams. And that for some people that works and it's perfectly fine and they love each other. And that's great. But for a lot of people, I think women are realizing like, that's just not me anymore. And that's okay too. But I think we're almost forcing the guys to level up because they're learning like, oh, these girls aren't just going to like do whatever. Mm -hmm. Like we're almost like kind of training them to be like, okay, we're stand on our own females. We want this type of life, this type of life. We want to make our own money, whatever it is. And guys are slowly but surely starting to transition and to be open to that and to be supportive of that, which I think is really cool.
0: Well, I think that's something I want to teach my son. Yeah. I want my son to know that, hey, my mom was a great mom. My mom loved me. Like, that was the biggest thing I had for him is, like, I wanted him to know how much I loved him. But also, I want him to see that I work. Right. And that I do things. And so I brought him to set with me. I brought him to auditions with me. Like there are things that most of the time I want to do, you know, we do fun things he wants to do, but if mommy's got to do something for work or I've got to go hop in the voiceover booth, record something. Okay. Mommy. Yeah. Because I want him to know that and realize like, Oh yeah, my mom worked. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. So when he one day has a woman in his life, he looks at her, and when she says, "Oh, I've got to do this thing because I'm working," and he's like, "Oh yeah, cool, yeah, right. go he's on." Supportive of that. Yes.
1: And how does a how does a boy or a man know that that's okay if they've never been taught? They yeah. don't.
0: And granted, I'll give it to my ex. I don't know that his family was in the sure. situation that had taught him sure. that, and and I had come from a situation that was very different, right? Where it was very normal that my mom worked so so once we start to understand each other's backgrounds it kind of
1: makes a little bit more sense why people are that way it doesn't excuse them it doesn't give them the right to treat us a certain way but at least we can like understand like of course you would act that way because that's what you grew up with right so at least we can can understand a little bit more and have a little bit more compassion and and grace Um, and I do I think it's really cool that that you you It's like Harrison is a part of your life. He's not your whole life, Mm -hmm. which is really important too because sometimes that puts a lot of pressure on a kid. Um, I grew up as an only child and I felt like I was my parents' life. And if I messed up or didn't do something right, it was like a huge catastrophe, right? So incorporating them into your life versus like you're just all I live for is really important too for an adult, you know, father, mother, and the kid. Like it kind of goes both ways because nobody feels the same amount of pressure as if like you're my be all and end all and I'm gonna like cover you and smother yeah. you all the time,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, and I I feel like because I I'm with him half of his yeah. life, right? Yeah. And that's the truth. I do have boundaries when I'm sure. with him. So when my friends want to go on a girls' weekend and I've got him that weekend, it's a no. Yes, um, because I have plenty of free free weekends, right. and on those weekends, I will. Girls night it out every time, yeah, yeah. but on the weekend with him, I won't, so you create these boundaries um because you know and so that you have that full life, but when you only have them for a certain amount of time right. you you do have to like prioritize them and I will say also, I think that it's it's hard because I only have him half my life, but I think I have to remember what is best for my son, right. and like he has a wonderful father who loves him yeah. And he's a very, he's a good person. And he's, he, there's a lot of great things that he is going to give his son. It would be a disservice for me to, to fight, to not let him be with his dad. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also really important that I let him go and Mm -hmm. I let him be under his dad. And I don't try to micromanage their time. And I let them do those things because I mean, just because I don't want to be married to him doesn't mean that I don't trust that when he's with him that he's going to teach him good things and he's going to provide a good life for him. So, you know, I think that's also another thing you just kind of have to wrap your mind around is like you have to release some of that control, you know, when they're with the other parent. And that can be hard. But also when you have a child with you, 24 7 and you're the only parent that's also hard yeah. so you need those breaks yeah. a little bit too Yeah.
1: so let's kind of you know you get divorced you figure out it sounds like and, and tell me if I'm wrong but it's almost like you went through the worst of it before you even made that decision to get divorced because you kind of already had it figured out once you're like I'm going to pull the trigger where, did you tell him that you wanted to file for divorce, or was it mutual, or it was on yeah, you? Yeah,
0: I, you know, and I think that's, that's a really hard one, because I think you're right. I had processed so much of it, and like we said, I sort of had a lot of that time. Yeah. And I think he was distracted by other pressures in his life, and I was just done. Mm-hmm. And I think I got to a place where I was done, and I was cold, mm-hmm. and I was empty, and I was emotionless, and I had made my decision. And I think on his end, that was probably very hard to receive mm-hmm. because he wasn't ready for it. He hadn't processed right. it. Um, and I think I probably came across as cold and, um, very I think, very hurtful. Yeah. And, um, I didn't mean to do that, but like you said, I had processed it over such a long period of time that by the time I finally got the courage to say, I, it was so scary to say I am done. Um, but when I did, I did not look back because I had wrestled with it for so long. And I think that was really hard on the receiving end, um, for him because he wasn't quite ready for that. And, um, So there was, again, that miscommunication, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, And so that was hard. It was a, that was one of the, I mean, the hardest thing I've ever done. And, you know, we had a lot of good times too. And he was a good, a good guy and I loved him. But love isn't enough. Right. And love gets smashed and squandered and thrown out the door. If you don't have some other things to support that love, if it doesn't make sense, if some of the things in your life don't make sense, I just think it's really hard to only depend on that love because love can go away. You know, now love of my, my child is different, right? That's an unconditional love. He's mine, right? I mean, he could do some horrific things and I would be disappointed and mad and upset, but I'm never gonna not love right, him. Right. It's different with someone you choose. It's yes. not blood. It just yes. it's just different. But someone you birth, it's a different it's a different kind of love.
1: Well, and it sounds like, you know, half of the human that you love is also him. Totally. So in a way there's still love there, but it's just much
0: different. Oh, the best thing that he ever gave me was our son, yeah, I mean, I am so grateful to you be a mother make me cry that's so sweet well, I am yeah. I mean, and i wouldn't I truthfully wouldn't change a thing, yeah, because I wouldn't have him right, and um so it that's part of the story, and yeah. it's hurtful and it's hard, but um. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it because that yeah. I get that little guy and yeah. he's amazing. He is a good guy. He's, he's amazing to me, guy. you know, because yeah. he's mine. Yeah. I'm biased.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell someone in their 20s, 30s, 40s that's married with a kid, maybe mm-hmm. two kids mm-hmm. that is really struggling, that knows they've been hap- unhappy for months, years, whatever that is so close
0: to taking that leap of faith, but there's something holding them back. So I I always want to be careful because you never know anybody's situation. And I think you you know when you've done everything that you can. And I think when you're married to someone, you need to give that extra effort, that every, like, just every little ounce and bit you can to try to make it work. And if you have kids, make, you know, you try to make it work. But if you go down that road and you can't, I remember just thinking, it just felt like this, it just felt like it was going to be so hard, and how was I ever going to get past it, and what were people going to think of me, and who was I going to become, and how was I going to make enough money, and how was I going to do it? It was so overwhelming, but when I decided, and I did it, um, and it was hard, so hard, and it got worse Mm -hmm. before it got better. But I'm telling you, I feel like I get a second chance at life and I'm so happy and I've worked really hard to kind of be where I am. And I tell that person, if you get to that point and you know that you can't be your best self in that, in that marriage, that there is like, it is not the end, you know, and like you are going to have a beautiful, wonderful life and like you can get past it and you can, it, it may even be even better than you would have ever imagined, but you're stronger than you think. And people always, people will say it to me, like, oh, you're so strong. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, you right. know? But you, and especially, I think it's just, it, you can, you're going to do it. Like, you're going to do what needs to be done. Um, and so, if you get to that point and you know that it's over, then just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And once it happens, it's going to be over, and you're going to go. I'm still here.
1: Were you scared of the any judgment from your family?
0: I was, yes. Coming um from parents that are still married, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was nervous of that at first, but you know, once I told them, um, I, I, they have been so supportive yeah. and understanding, and my my brother as well. Um, I just think they felt like, "Whoa, we know that this you are not well, right. and um, we want you to be well. And if this is what needs to happen, then we support you." Yeah, I think they were again, there the it whole way.
1: Comes down to communication when you explain to somebody, like, "I feel like I have to do this because this is how I've been feeling for years, and I don't feel my authentic self, and I feel whatever you're feeling." Once you explain to someone they're more likely to be like, Oh, I I get it. And I support your decision, even if they've never been through it. But I think that's so incredibly important. Like I come from a very conservative family too. And there's been several things throughout my life that I know how to deal with my parents. My mom's very anxious. My dad is just very kind of like cut and dry. So I know how to talk to them. So again, understanding the way someone is going to perceive your information And how to speak to them and really explain why you're
0: doing something makes such a big difference. It's a huge difference. And I think you have to know you're going to lose some people along the way. Um, You're going to disappoint some people. Some people are going to be upset with you. But those people aren't your people. Mm -hmm. Everyone that I lost in that, I wish them well. But truthfully, even when I was married, I knew that they weren't my people. Yeah, yeah. And they liked me because I was married to them yeah. and they easily let me go when I wasn't. Yeah. And every single one of my friends that was my friend before was my friend after. Yeah, There's not one of my friends that loved me before that didn't love me after. Mm. And that it was only people that was because we were connected right. um, because of my ex and I think that goes back to what we were talking about when, like, when I didn't speak up for those same people when I was married Right? of, no, they can come visit or we can go do that. I want to do that. Um, They stood by me Mm -hmm. and that's, those are your real friends and the people that love you. And, you know, I even feel like friends have become family to me. Because I live not near my family. Right, right. And I've met, you know, I mean, you know, like our mutual friend. Yeah. It's, it's, she's family to yeah. me. Um, and we, you, you, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you don't know the answers right now, but I promise you, you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And the people that love you will be there. Yeah. And those are the ones that you want. And I always say everything is a big deal when
1: it's happening. You know, look back at some of the most difficult points in your life. Like when you were there in that moment, didn't you think it was the biggest deal ever, but you got through it somehow. You made it through, you're here today. And if you can make it through that, you can make it through this and you can make it through something that's going to happen five years from now. Like it's all just about practicing, practicing, you know, practicing the emotion, practicing the hurt, the pain, the whatever. But going through the process is really important. And if you never give yourself that experience,
0: then you're never going to
1: get good at it. Yeah. Right?
0: And you know what? You get, you get one life. Yeah. And if, if you in your current circumstance you aren't able to live your life to the fullest and you feel like you need to change, that's okay. It's on you though, right? Yeah. It's oh, on yeah. You. I mean, you're going to have to make that change. Yeah, No one else is going to do it for you. You've got to decide when you look back at your life, what is it going to look like? And I knew I could see where my, I could see what had happened. I could see who I had become. And I, and I knew that if I continued on that path, it was only going to get worse. And it was, I wasn't going to be able to be me. And I would just look at my little guy and I was like, ain't no way he's not going to know the real me. Mm -hmm. No way. And I, I I hate it. It makes me so sad to say this. I don't mean this, but like, I love being divorced. Mm. I do. I'm so happy. Um, I feel like I fought really hard to build back my life. And um, there were certain things that I wanted to accomplish before, truthfully, I even let someone else into my life. And I've been divorced now like four and a half-ish years. And... um I've accomplished them. Yeah. And it was really important to me to like make sure some of those things were together. And so now if someone is going to come into my life in a relationship form romantically, they are coming to be my partner. Right. And we are, and they are coming fully like, this is, this is who I am. Right. This is what I'm doing. And, and like you either love that or keep it moving. Right. And I will love what you're doing and who you are Um, but that is just very important to me to be like this is what it is. Yep. And I but I had to work through a lot of that. I know a lot of people they like date really quickly Mm. and and I think everybody's different and I'm just funny. I'm funny about some of that too. I mean I've dated people but nothing where it's been like really serious and I think for me it's just there were some things i needed to hit there was some healing i needed to sure. do there was just some things i needed to prove to myself and i and i've done them and so now i feel like okay i feel like i can let it down let my guard down a little and if it happens great if it doesn't that doesn't mean i didn't have a successful life and mm. i'm going to be picky about who that is because sure. i have built a life i'm really proud of and yeah. i love and so if I'm gonna allow you into that life you know truthfully yeah. it's like I want somebody that's really worth it yep. you know and I don't want just the the guy that's into me you right. know like right that's not enough right
1: well I always say no, like n- nobody should complete you you should be complete no. And Jerry Maguire yes. is
0: spreading lies. <laughs> he really is. Lies.
1: Well, let's face it. It is, lies. Tom, it is Tom Cruise. So we know that's a lie too. Get it out of here, It's right? just, it's such crap because it's like, I, I, I look at it as like two parallel lines. Like my vibration, it's going up and up and up and I need someone to go right there with me. And we don't cross lines because we don't complete each other. We are going up together and we are just equal. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. But I also think that comes with age. I think it comes with maturity. I think... You learned a lot from getting divorced. You learn a lot from, you know, raising Harrison 50% on your own. And that comes with time. That's really hard. Like if, if somebody, if I heard this podcast when I was 24, I'd be like, you two are freaking crazy, (laughs) but it's so true. Like. (laughs) You know, my 24-year-old totally. self is just so different. So mm-hmm. let's... let's Love her, but right. she's different. We <laughs> love needs, you, she's girl. She's different, but, different. Mm. She needs to listen up a little bit. So <laughs> where are you now? What are you doing now? It sounds like things are rocking and rolling. Career is great. Harrison is eight? Seven. Seven, yes. Okay. Almost okay. eight.
0: He's in first grade. Yep. Um, You know, it's... This this last year, I mean, for everybody with COVID, it's right. just been, like, crazy, you know. um, But I... I, had wor- I ended up working for the Braves for six years, which was incredible. Um, and then as Harrison got older, it just kind of became clear that, yeah. like, the schedule was a little too crazy. Yeah. So I started looking for something else. And um, a little over a year ago, I started working for a home show that has been great. It's not as thrilling as and as exciting, sure. truthfully, as my job with the Braves was. I loved it. It was so fun. I'm, I really miss it. But um, – it was the right choice yeah. for me and for my family, for Harrison, and but it also allows me to do other things. So yeah. I always laugh when people are like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Well, how long do you have, and how much do you really care?" <laughs> that's how I feel, um, you know, because yes, that's what I mean. That's a thing, but I, right. I do a lot of on camera work yeah. and voiceover, and um, and I, you know, work with different clients with things on social and and it's just a whole it's a whole beautiful mess and i love it i love it so much um i love not being defined by one job and having different clients and keeping the different balls in the air and meeting new people and um so i feel like i'm in a really good space with that and i feel like i'm in a little bit more control of when i'm working i work really really hard when my son is with his dad and then when he's with me i do what I need to do and I shut it down right. you know and I'm with right. him so yeah. sometimes I feel like it's a little compartmentalized <laughs> but that's okay but it
1: works for you and you're happy and you exude happiness like I feel like I'm very intuitive of people mm-hmm. and when people are struggling, struggling I can feel it mm-hmm. and um, I remember when I first met you I was like I feel like this woman and this was years ago was like on this path, and I feel differently now sitting across from you than I did when I first met you. Ooh, what does that is interesting. mean? I don't know. So there is a point that I wanted to, like, point out. Um oh So, no, 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 this is cool. <laughs> so you say that you missed the Braves and all this, but, like, do you ever look back and be like, well, the Braves didn't happen last year anyway, so thank God I took that other job. Oh, yes, totally. I've thought that a million times. It yes. wasn't happening. Like, I think yes. that's a lot for a lot of people. I've talked to a few people. I'm like, do you realize, like you wouldn't have had that last year anyways. And they're oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. Totally. Like, yeah, they're was... just
0: now interviewing for my old job. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they didn't
1: need to fill it. They didn't fill it Right, But year. it's God's yeah. way or the universe's yeah. way or whatever you believe in. It's It's a way of protecting you. So sometimes when you feel like you have to step away from a relationship or a job or whatever, although it seems, and I remember this when I technically got fired from Sculpt House and you and I talked about my life, in that moment it felt like, A knife in the gut. It felt like the worst thing I had been through in a long time. But looking back, I'm like, okay, this is why it happened. And thank God it happened this way. So when you're in a relationship or a job or a friendship or whatever, know that in that moment, it's going to suck. And it's probably going to suck for a while afterwards, but you will get to a point in your life when you will look back and you will be like, thank God it happened that way because I am here now and I have 40 50 more years hopefully of a really good life to live and if I had stayed with that I wouldn't be where I am now yeah. and that's what I get from your I've, story.
0: well I feel I feel that every day. Yeah. I and that's why I just feel I feel so grateful for my life and yeah. this second chance at life and and even though there isn't, like, this husband in it or whatever, if that's not even the goal. Right. You know? And right. and, and, like, would that be great? Sure. You know, I don't even know. Maybe there's just, like, a partner you have. Right. I have no idea. I don't even care. It's just, <laughs> it. The I, I've been there. I've done that. I yeah. checked it off the list, and it wasn't for me what it was cracked up to be. Right. And so I just, I've been so thankful every day. Like, man, this life is awesome. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had that. And it's your
1: story and it's what you're going to pass on to the next generation, which I think is the most important thing because they learn from their parents and mm-hmm. they oftentimes repeat what their parents do. So if we don't change our habits, then it just gets passed down and down and down. And and at some point, somebody's got to make a change. And I'm so glad that you took a look in the mirror and you're like, this isn't the real, real Greer and here you are now, and you're showing up for your friends and your family. And who cares if you're divorced or not? You're a better human being because of that. So, so I'm much better. So, so much more interesting. I'm so, <laughs> I, like, your story's great. Like, you're so interesting. You're you're such a, a little ray of rose sunshine <laughs> over there. It falls on the floor. <laughs>
0: Sorry. But I,
1: I feel like we need to do a part two and like have it like more like a, a fun one and talk okay. about what it's like dating as a, sing- a single mom quote unquote. Oh yeah Right? Can you we want bring that you back Totally, totally. Like, if, we'll if make anyone it a cares more fun. Yeah. maybe we'll do like a little uh It's actually question- hilarious
0: question box Yeah it's very funny I've had <laughs> like, a lot of funny stories like not many successful ones but um a lot of just like wow I can't believe that it happened so it's hysterical.
1: Well I am so I'm just honored to um I'm honored that you came on I know it's a little in- intimidating when we open up and we talk about like real life things but it's so important and there's going to be hundreds and you know more than that that are going through very similar things that this will actually help and maybe give them something to think about and and hopefully some takeaways and and that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to say like your life can really suck in a moment or a, a big chunk of your life can suck but it doesn't have to be that way forever And you're a perfect example of that. So where can we find you? Oh, (laughs) Um,
0: okay. So my name is Greer Howard. And if you're on IG, it's just at Greer.Howard. I have a website, Mm -hmm. GreerHoward.com. I don't check Facebook a lot, but you can do that. Um, (laughs) What about the home show? What's the home show? Oh, yeah. Atlanta's Best New Homes is the show that I host. Um, It's on Saturday mornings on Fox 5 in Atlanta at 930. Awesome. So you can watch that every week. Um, so yeah, and I'm just always out and about doing something and follow along because
1: we are going to have an update on our, our dating lives at oh one, day, one point in time. We're going
0: to have to get like a whole panel.
1: We're going to need, we're going to need two rosé bottles. Yeah, definitely going
0: to need more rosé. Well, thank you for
1: being on the six feet above podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the six feet above podcast. I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. Subscribe so you never miss another episode as a new episode is released every Tuesday. And if you're enjoying the series, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Follow the show on Instagram at Six Feet Above Podcast to keep the conversation going and feel free to reach out to me directly at Megstagram 11. This episode is a product of Audiographies, produced by Megan Armstrong and Dinor Sapolia edited by Jacob Smolian and the music is by Kenan Willis. Funded by yours truly. I'll see you next time.